You're listening to the Who's Driving Your Car podcast, episode 91. Hello and welcome to the Who's Driving Your Car podcast, where we discuss not only who or what might be driving your life, but also the great views and experiences along the way. Do you drive in the fast lane like my wife, or do you feel like you're stuck in first gear? You only get one life to live, and it can be either a total wreck or a beautiful cruise into the sunset. We are three friends that have collectively experienced almost anything that could possibly happen in this crazy world, and we'll be discussing our personal reflections and experiences so hopefully you can avoid running out of gas and truly enjoy the wind blowing in your hair. So hop on in with us for a little road trip called life, and let's discuss who's driving your car. Aye! What's crack a in podcast world? Welcome back to Who's Driving Your Car, episode 91. <laughs> Man, I'm just going to say Hot Dog was ready to go on this when he just jumped out. No preparation, not even, are you guys ready? <laughs> and he just threw it out there. Noventa Uno? Is that what? Noventa Uno. That was good. I Thank thought you. we were ready to go. And actually, I'm pretty impressed. Cece just hopped in. I, just I know, 91. He just said, you know what? I'm not going to. I, I know the repercussions if I don't just follow suit. So no, I'm going to get, get chastised by hot dog real quick. <laughs> CC, you did a great job with that, man. I'm impressed hopping in. Um, yeah. yeah, welcome in, folks. Today we have a special guest with us today, Bo Brooks. Um, I think this is pretty um, pretty cool. Uh, I think God brought this uh, situation upon us. Uh, long story short, um, I'm a lawyer. Bo's a lawyer himself, and his wife is a lawyer uh, on the east side of the state. And we have a case together and happen to mention the podcast to her. And she mentioned Bo and a, and a really neat story. I think you're going to hear a lot today um, on that's very motivating and inspiring. And so long story short, we've got Bo with us here, and he has a uh, foundation called Upside Downs um, that is inspired after, I believe, a few people, but one of them in particular is Son. So I think you're going to see a lot about um, – you know, God's plan in their lives and, and how sometimes in our own lives we have a plan that, that doesn't go the way that we would want to see fit, but um, God leads us in another direction. And from what I've seen and read on this, I think it's going to be awesome. What y'all think, Bo? No, absolutely. I'm super excited about it. Um, read the article um, that's on the website out there and I actually have had a lot of uh, interaction with uh, individuals with Down syndrome. So it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to hear that journey. Yeah, I'm real excited. I know um, when I was in med school up in Shreveport, uh, I was there when they initiated something called Camp Tiger, and my counts, my little my little boy that I had from that first camp uh, was had Down syndrome. He's five years old, and one of the best experiences of my life. We just had a great adventures together, and we just I learned so much from him, and it was just a really cool experience. And so when I heard uh, Bo's story, I just thought it was amazing. So I can't wait to uh, to see where this goes. Well, cool deal. Welcome aboard, Bo. Hey guys, thanks. Glad to be here. Well, we're looking forward to the day. And uh, before we hop in, because I, I, normally we'd throw it to you and, and to tell you, to tell us the story. But before we do that, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your background, where you live, your family, things like that. Gotcha. So I was born and raised in Thibodeau, um, didn't only left there for three years when I went to law school, met my beautiful wife, Michelle right after law school. And um, she moved to Thibodeau. We're uh, currently relocated to Lafayette right now because of Hurricane Ida. And I think she's secretly trying to, you know, plot and plan so we can permanently stay here. But <laughs> I'm a Bayou boy, man. And um, I, I just love being in, in Cajun country. And so 
um, yeah, we went to law school or came back, opened up my own shop. Uh, I'm a solo practitioner in Thibodeau. I mostly do family law stuff. Um, and I'm also the city attorney for the city of Thibodeau. So. Man, that's awesome. Oh, wow. Awesome. Well, um, before we get hopping in, I think it's a nice warm up. Uh, we play a little game called Would You Rather uh, that we discussed a little bit beforehand. And John here normally takes that on for us. So you got to kind of brace for impact with what you're going to hear. Uh, but it's kind of just a warm up game, get you comfortable uh, chatting with us a little bit. John, what you got, man? All right, Bo. Um, I was just contemplating on, you know, our state and how unique it is and our area and your area. And it, this one just popped into my mind. I hope. I hope it comes across. You might need to explain some of this to the other two guys here uh, so they'll know how to answer appropriately. Uh, would you rather be a Kuyon or a Gari? A Kuyon. A Kuyon. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Any, any reason why? I'm just that type of person. I, I like to cut up and have fun and, and be silly and, you know, try to be the life of the party. So, you know, being labeled a Kuyon doesn't bother me one bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, perfect. I think we need some explanation on these. Yeah, words. Okay, can you give us an explanation on what a Gadi is? No idea. That's why I picked Kuyon. <laughs> <laughs> uh... yeah. Okay. All right, well, let's go to the next one then. If, we, if no one else knows you what know a Gadi is. Do you know what a Gadi is? I, I think I do. <laughs> wow. But anyway, okay, would you rather be a Boudreaux or a Thibodeau? <laughs> An interesting one. <laughs> uh, Again, I said brace for what you're gonna hear. Uh, you know that's hard to pick. They both wind up. They both wind up doing some pretty uh, interesting things in all the jokes you hear. So yeah. uh, uh, I'll go with Thibodeau. Thibodeau, okay. Staying with the homeland of Thibodeau. Here we go. That's it. How about you, CC? Oh man. This is kind of like Kuyong and Gadi. I'm not sure. I guess they're both in the same category. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've heard the jokes. Um, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think if. Oh man. I, I, you know. I guess I got to pick one. Right? You do have to pick one. Yes. I guess I'm gonna be Boudreaux. Boudreaux. Okay. I'll be Boudreaux. Huh. Hot dog. What you gonna do, buddy? I feel like I would ride the boat of both of them because I'm the brunt of a lot of jokes and. That's true. All the time. So uh, I feel like I can relate to both. I feel like I'm doing a CC over here. That I'd be either one. But in, in regards to our guests being from the area down there, I'm going to go with Thibodeau based on that. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, you're right. You know, Boudreaux and Thibodeau both uh, take a lot of heat in the, the joking sense. It's kind of like the Aggies. Um, but I guess with uh, solidarity, solidarity with my brother-in-law, my sister married a Boudreaux, I guess I'm going to stick with the Boudreaux clan. We're, we're pretty split here. Two and two. <laughs> yeah. Two and two. Two and two today. <sighs> okay. Well, well, that was fun, John. Um, <laughs> I hope Gotti wasn't too bad. Yeah. No one knows. Just, we're still, Craig and I are still scratching our head over that. Um, we're going to hop on into the topic here, Bo. And I think would be a, a cool thing. Why don't you maybe, it's really well written. And I'm, I'm guessing you did that or, or on the website, um, the story behind um, your son Maybe maybe take the listeners because obviously they don't they don't know at this moment listening in um, through the the beginning of things your son when you found out y'all were maybe having a child uh, I know that I had read on the website you I believe have two daughters uh, a female dog oh, yeah. 
uh, and your wife, yeah. just like our buddy Craig here, he's got two female dogs. Yes, two female dogs and three daughters, so I'm totally outnumbered. Just one wife, I though. Think, just one wife. Yeah, I heard uh, one of the episodes a while back, uh, CC, was, is that Craig, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there you talking, go. He was talking about having three girls, and, you know, y'all were talking about, you know, I mean, somebody just had John Lushka. Yeah, that's me. I just had another one. He's yeah, so three weeks old this week. It, it, I was in the same boat as Cece here because um, I had two girls already. The dog was a female, my wife, and I was surrounded just by women. And, and you know, I had everything. When, when we found out we were finally having a boy, it was just one of those moments that I have been waiting for forever because, you know, at some point in your life with all being surrounded by all women you just get outvoted on everything you can't <laughs> you know it's just it's just a tough situation so when we found out we were having a boy i just started building in my mind um this life that we were going to have i mean i i just imagined you know i started taking up uh deer hunting late in life uh, i've always fished and, and and stuff and i just imagined being able to skate the women and take my son and just go off on the weekend and go hunting and just, you know, clear our heads and have a buddy that I can do things with. And, you know, he was going to play football and be the quarterback and, you know, everything that guys just think about when they have a son. And um, so I was going to have a son who was going to carry on my name, uh, you know, just, just another outlet and it was just a dream of both Michelle and I to have a boy. You know, I think it just completes the family when you have that dynamic of a female and a male child. Um, so we were pretty pumped up. Um, and I had built this, I had envisioned this life for my son who's gonna be all of these different things in my mind. So we get to the hospital on November 18, 2015 and, um, Michelle's the little she's having the baby and the the doctor says oh wow he's small he's like five pounds or something which was odd because my girls were both like really big eight pound babies so I didn't think anything of it um and and then all of a sudden it was weird there's this weird vibe and we're friends with uh the OB who delivered uh Spencer but she kept making this comment to us that she didn't like his tone Okay. And so when I, when I immediately thought of that, I just thought maybe his skin color because some babies have what jaundice or something. And, and so I thought she was talking about his skin color. So normally I could take the baby out of the delivery room and go show the family and everybody's happy. But she said, look, we're going to want to keep him um, back in the nursery a little bit longer and just check him out. I just don't like his tone. So I still was perfectly fine at that point. And uh, I remember walking out the room and seeing my mom and I guess the baby had passed my mom in the hallway when it was going to the nursery. And my mom was asking me if everything was okay. And I was like, yeah, well, why not? And, and she said, uh, I And I, I looked at her and I just remember getting mad at her I was like why would you even say that um and apparently she saw some things that I didn't see when I initially saw so they kept them in the room in the nursery 
And I kind of started worrying. I, I would go look through the window, but he looked fine. I mean, everything was good. And I'm sitting with Michelle and we have no idea what's going on. Um, and then all of a sudden a knock on the door and it was her doctor who walked in and um, he said, I'm sorry, we think he has Down syndrome. And that is a moment in both of our lives that just we can't take out of our brain. It, it's, it's such a, it's the picture of it, the, the sound of it, the everything of it. And I remember just losing it completely. I, I, was, I was crying and just yelling so loud and I couldn't, I couldn't be there for Michelle and she was um, going through the pain of hearing some type of news like this. And it, it just, I remember for 10 straight hours, I cried. Then and no one could console me. The only person I wanted to talk to uh, would was Michelle. Um, it was horrible. It was a horrible feeling. All the thoughts in my head about these new challenges that were going to be a burden on our life. Uh, we weren't going to have a normal life anymore. Um, I wasn't going to have the son to take hunting anymore. I wasn't going to have the football player, the soccer player, all of this stuff just started crashing down on me. And I didn't even touch him or hold him that whole day. And it was crazy. Um, this, the, the, to look back at the feelings that I had that day, it, it just hurts me to know that I did that to my son. Um, but some friends of ours reached out to us. They had a, a son with Down syndrome. He was, I think, three years old at the time. And he said, uh, if you need to talk, just give me a holler. We can go grab a drink or something. And it got to about eight or nine o'clock that day. Um, and finally, I just let go and I said, I, I need, I need to talk to somebody who's been through this because I have no idea what my whole world has just been turned upside down. I have no idea what I'm going through. I can't physically function, mentally function, nothing. So uh, I met up with Sean Harrison and um, one of the first things he told, he told me, he said, you have to mourn the loss of the child you thought you were gonna have before you can truly appreciate the gift that you've been given. And when I tell you that it was like a light switch went off in my head and all of a sudden there, there was this relief that came over my body. And I said, okay, we got this. And I went back, I, we, I chatted with him for a little while and I went back to the hospital and I held them for the first time. And from that moment on, my outlook on things completely changed. Um, you know, we started looking at the positive aspects of having a child with Down syndrome. Um, Michelle and I, I think, really got closer. He was he was uh, shipped to Women's Hospital in Baton Rouge. He had to stay in the NICU for a little while. He had some uh, blood platelet issues, but that cleared up. So we're about about a week. We were in the NICU with him there, and I I can just remember watching him. So getting back to the whole tone thing that the doctor was telling us about. She was talking about his muscle tone. Okay. 
I had no idea. So that's a very common characteristic with the visual with Down syndrome. They have low muscle tone. And that's what she was re referring. So I just sat in the hospital and, you know, even weeks after, and I would see how he would struggle so much harder, do basic things like taking a bottle or eating. And it was those moments where I'd look deep into his eyes and I just made a commitment to him at that point. I said, you know what? I'm gonna change. I'm gonna change how people see Down syndrome, and and I'm doing it for you because you're fighting so hard, right for us. And and the the wheels started spinning on on upside downs. And um, what we initially thought we were going to start doing was uh, new parent baskets for uh, families who receive the diagnosis, uh, whether either before prenatal or in the hospital, we give them a gift basket. And I can go into detail about that a little later, but that was our initial thoughts of what we were gonna do with this organization. Um, and when we launched it in April of 2016, so almost six months after Spence was born, the community completely embraced us. And we wound up raising almost $40,000 in a week or two. And wow. it blew me, it blew us all away. Yeah. And so it became a, a, a organization. We thought we were just going to do new baskets uh, to, we have to do stuff with this money, <laughs> you know? So um, I don't know if you want me to go back and talk about something else with the diagnosis or... No, that, that was a great um, recap of everything. Really a, uh, an incredible story. And I, I've much appreciated reading it online along with um, listening to you, how open you've been about um, the struggle that you personally went through um, and, and obviously how you turned this into such a positive situation. But I do think a lot of people would struggle in life about being open about, you know, the own thoughts that you were having during that time, during that first number of hours that he was born. Yeah, and, and so when, you know, the, the doctor comes in and, and says, I'm sorry, that that's something that we've really been trying to, to change the narrative on, because there's nothing to be sorry about having a baby with Down syndrome, um, you know, and, and that's what our new parent baskets are for. They, they don't have a bunch of information about Down syndrome or what, you know, what, how to get services or anything like that. It's just a, a welcome to the family basket and it's a celebration basket that you're still having a baby um, and we're here and there's a whole big network of support for you guys. So that's that's what we did with the baskets. And, and you know, Michelle, uh, my wife, has a different experience and you know, she had been around a lot of individuals with Down syndrome. She babysat for for um, for a guy with Down syndrome. So she knew about it uh, more than I did. But I do remember something that sticks out in my mind. So Sean's wife, Julie, had called Michelle and or came visit at the hospital. And she told um, Michelle, you need to pray to Mary because if she can witness her son being crucified on the cross, then you can go through this the same, like 
it's not the same, but you know, it was just one of those moments that kind of puts you back into reality. You know, sure. she witnessed his suffering and, and you're witnessing Spencer's suffering at this point, but like, you got to throw it up to God and put it in God's hands. You know, that's, that's what we did. And, you know, now we're five years removed, almost six from the situation. And, you know, Spencer's such a blessing in our family. Um, he's brought us closer together. I think he's slowed, slowed things down for us. He's taught us to appreciate things in a completely different light. Um, he is definitely very challenging during these times of displacement with the hurricane, but, um, you know, it is what it is. And we're just taking it one day at a time. Yeah, I hear you. You know, I just went through, uh, having another baby myself and, uh, you know, there's blood work that you can do to look and see if there's uh, down syndrome, other genetic, uh, variations out there. Um, would you think that would have been something that would have been helpful to find out ahead of time in order to prepare, have those discussions with your friends beforehand? What would you say, um, you know, to, about so that they, aspect they, of it? I remember they offered us an, a test to, to figure it out. Um, at that point we decided not to take any tests because it wasn't like we were going to, it wasn't going to change in the situation. Sure. So, um, I don't know what's better. I have friends who have received a prenatal diagnosis. Um, I'm not sure if the anticipation or the weeks ahead of time would give you more stress. Taking the, I guess you have time for the birth and maybe plan some things differently. I don't know. I think, I think that it's just, I really can't comment on that just okay. because I've seen both sides of the situation now with so many parents that we've um, been in contact with through our new basket, our basket program. Um, and everybody just takes it differently. So, you know, some people, it takes them a while to open up and deal with it. And you just, you're on, you just be there for people when they need it. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, you know, I think that's pretty amazing. Your buddy's uh, advice that said, you know, you need to mourn the loss of the child that you anticipated to have. Certainly, you know, we have a lot of thoughts, other things that go through your mind of what's going to happen to this baby whenever they come out. Uh, so anyway, that was something that reading the story, I thought that was really just beautiful. What, uh, you know, he said to you during that time. That and was, I think we all we all start off like that. You know, we all have hopes, dreams, aspirations on what this child is going to turn into. But, you know, we don't really know what's going to happen until they arrive. Yeah. And I mean, that was the, the, the turning point for me, obviously. But, um, you know, the good thing is I'm still going to be able to take him hunting and fishing. Um, he likes to play soccer in the yard with his sisters. Uh, and he's going to do he's going to he's going to do life like he wants to and we're going to give him every opportunity to to do what he wants and you know we love that he's being we love him being included as much as possible because that helps his growth but um you know all those bad thoughts i had initially i think um he's going to be able to do almost everything um and he's going to have he's given us opportunities that we would have never had if 
if he wasn't in our lives. Um, he's brought people into our lives that we would have never met. And I always say that that is one of the probably best parts about it. I've met some unbelievable people because of Spencer. Um, and I have lifelong friends now because of Spencer. Um, so it's just how you, it's just how you look at it, you know, what perspective you, you, you take. Bo, I have a question for you too on, on a, a bigger realm. I, I thought in kind of toggling on what John was just talking about, uh, but bigger picture, the, I think it's pretty good that you came to the point of, I'm going to reach out to somebody who's been through this situation, get some advice, was able to give you the, the solid information that he passed along. Can you maybe talk to our listeners in the sense of everybody in life at certain times or another goes through something. It could be this particular situation. It could be the situation where, uh, you're from right now where uh, a lot of homes and properties are destroyed and, and we go through these ups and downs in life, but being able to, to reach out to somebody that can, who's been down that path before that can give you a perspective and help in life. Can you speak to that angle a little bit for us? Yeah. You know, this was the first time that anything had ever gotten me to the point where I needed someone who had been down that road to, to walk alongside with me so you know it's important that's why we have our, our parent support system lined up to be there and, and you know if you are going through some struggle whatever it may be don't ever be afraid to talk to my advice to people is wake up and, and and be grateful for what you have every single day um first thing in the morning that's what you have to do you have to just be thankful um and, and for all the blessings that you have in life and then once you start that and I think someone had mentioned um on one of your earlier podcasts um you know all the anxieties and the build-ups that we have in our day-to-day -day life it really doesn't matter you know because our ultimate goal is to get up into heaven um and and so that was really powerful when I heard whoever had said that the other day um you know, and I'm trying to, to keep that in perspective too, through different struggles. So, you know, I don't know if I answered your question there. Yeah, no, that, that's but, fantastic. Uh, I, I've, I've tried. <laughs> yeah, no, fantastic. Awesome. Man. You know, you know, Bo. Um, I'd heard something like that before that God never gives you more than you can handle. You know, He always uh, He doesn't burden you with more than you can handle. But always think about God's will and you know, what's the big picture in this thing in life that this challenge I have? And you mentioned going to Mary and, and reflecting on her suffering. And, you know, how has your son, you know, uh, touched your spirituality individually as a family? Do you see those blessings opening up? Like you mentioned, our goal is to get to heaven. So it's almost like God put Spencer here to help more people get to heaven in a sense, because maybe it changes how you, you approach life or people around you approach life or can witness to that conversion of heart that you had. Any thoughts on that? It, yeah, it's really funny. Um, my, you know, I, I was born and raised Catholic, but I never actually confirmed. Um, and Michelle had been on me for years to, to go through the RCI process and, and get that done. And I wasn't really going to church on a regular basis. My kids are enrolled in school and at a Catholic school. Uh, I wanted that for them. Uh, I've always called myself Catholic, but this year, actually in February, I uh, went through the confirmation process and uh, my faith is probably stronger than it's ever been at this point. 
you know, we're never missing mass. Um, if we if something comes up, we'll have we either watch it on TV or or something. But that's that's been a huge change in our life, um, a good change uh, because he gives us hope. You know, and and those and maybe if I would have been closer to God when Spencer was born, uh, maybe I would have had a different perspective. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a very life a lot of changes in my life have happened just in this year alone so i'm excited and grateful now bo i know you got some pretty solid advice from your buddy um you know after um receiving this diagnosis is there anything in particular that um you would say to a new couple who would receive that diagnosis i you know i say it all the time to the new couples that we talk with uh, you, you don't see too many dads get as emotional probably as me or as involved. Um, my wife likes to call me extra. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I give that same advice that Sean gave to me to everyone I talk to, even if it's a mom or a daughter, I mean, a mom or a dad. And, um, you know, we, we did a, we put out a video about our basket program and Michelle really gets into her thoughts about it. And one of our other friends, Alyssa, um, you know, her story is just a tad bit different because she, one of the things that stuck out about her is that her first child, she had tons of pictures. They took tons of pictures of the baby all day long. And she looks back and her daughter, when her daughter was born, she has very few pictures. And, and her message is, don't be robbed of that excitement or, or, or of your child's birth just because of the Down syndrome diagnosis, because your life is going to be so filled with joy and, and love. Um, and, you know, I don't know how I got off on that subject, but uh, <laughs> I thought that was important. That's important to tell new parents, you know. And that's why we, our baskets are there. That's to welcome them and to, to try to get them to just stop for a second and say, okay, this is going to be all right. We're going to make it. We're going to get through this challenge and still celebrate the birth of having another child, having a child. Yeah, absolutely. I saw another saying on the website is, uh, it looks like anything is possible with Down syndrome is, is something that y'all hit on pretty hard. Can you... Um, discuss that. And I know you mentioned a little bit with Spencer about not no limitations, whatever, uh, you know, he, he wants to do, y'all are going to try to fulfill that as best as possible. Is that some of the underlying tones with that saying, or is there something else behind that? Um, maybe statement for the, uh, for the foundation. That, that is our tagline. Um, you know, I think that it was important when I came up, uh, with the name, I needed something to a tagline to kind of direct people to what our mission was and what we were doing and it it it's our tagline and it's important for people even parents even to me today to keep remembering that our our children with down syndrome can achieve and do learn that when you get to this world down syndrome you you are exposed to it more than if you're not there, if that makes any sense. So you're, you're seeing more people with Down syndrome and then you're hearing of more achievements. So like, for instance, there was a guy who just did a, a, an Ironman um, last year 
And wow. I look at that and I'm, I can't compete, I can't compete or even complete an Ironman trying off the line. Um, but he did. And then, you know, there's, there's individuals with Down syndrome out there that starting their own businesses and going to college. And, you know, they're, when we as parents see those achievements, that's what helped us early on in life, you know, get to the point that anything really is possible uh, with Down syndrome and, you know, trying to open up those doors and give them as many opportunities as, as possible. So how would you say that Spencer has affected your life, uh, you know, as a father, uh, as a husband, um, that kind of, in that kind of aspect? So Spencer comes with a lot of challenges that make, I guess, family life a little bit tougher, but it also has made, I believe, my marriage a lot stronger. Um, Spencer has taught my children something that I don't know as a, as a dad that I would have been able to teach them. And he's taught them compassion and love and to be understanding of others who are different from us. And he's taught that not only to my children, my other children, but to me and, and to Michelle and to anybody else whose life he enters into. Um, and, and that's a message or that, that's a lesson that's hard to teach children um, to be accepting of others who are different than us. Uh, and I thank God that he has done that to my two girls because they're, that's his world, my two girls, and they love and adore him so much. And, you know, it, it's just, that is something truly amazing to witness. My, my eight-year-old Mary Kate, I mean, she, so we are, we enrolled them in school here in, in Lafayette temporarily. And, you know, they were kind of upset about having to go to a different school because obviously, you know, having to make friends or not knowing people. And Mary Kay says, um, you know, the only way I'm going is if Spencer can ride the bus with me and he can be in my class. So, I mean, wow. like she, that's, that's awesome. That's her ride or die forever, you know. I mean, <laughs> And he's the same way. He just loves his sister so much. Um, but yeah. You know, I think, uh, you know, we're called to, to be childlike. Uh, and that's something that I've noticed with the Down syndrome uh, individuals that I've had interaction with throughout my life, that it's something that they're fortunate in that aspect that they're perpetually in that mindset of just seeing things differently than most of us do as we grow up and get jobs and get careers and do those things. Um, so that's something that I think it allows um, people to be refreshed by that aspect of it. What do you think about that? Have you encountered that? I, I agree 100%. They, you know, they don't see the world that we get to see every day. Um, it doesn't affect them like it affects us. Now he still has feelings. He still uh you know cries he gets upset but for the most part he's just living his best life every single day it seems like <laughs> um and he, he's just non-stop man Whew. and ha not having him in a routine right now is pretty tough on on both michelle and i so but yeah he's he's just 
All he wants to do is get up, eat popsicles all day long and ride his little John Deere tractor and watch his <laughs> iPad and, and play, <laughs> you know, be outside. And during the summer, it was, it was horrible because he just wanted to go and sit outside all day long and 90 something degree weather. It's like, <laughs> come on, guy, you got to come back inside. <laughs> this is crazy. Uh... But yeah, I mean, he, he just doesn't. And I guess that's a good thing that he won't be able to see the negative parts of, of, of our society that we have to see day and day. And, um, and I'm, you know, I'm happy that he may not have to experience some of the things we do. All I want is for him to be a productive citizen um, and be out in society working one day and being able to support himself. And that's the ultimate goal with us. Man, very neat. Well, um, we're getting near wrapping it up here, Bo, and we'd like to ask all our guests um, the question of who or what do they think is driving their car? That's the proverbial car of life. That could be God, free will, storm you're going through, uh, family. It, there's no right or wrong. We've had stuff like sense of urgency, all kind of uh, answers. But what comes to mind when we ask that question? Yeah, um, so I think God ultimately is in control of, of the car. But I think it changes somewhat the, that what we're going through in life, a routine, some normalcy for my family. Um, that's what's really pushing us along right now, trying to just get the kids settled um, into a routine to where we can just function because it, it's just crazy right now, not having power and living from place to place just to keep my kids you know, in a comfortable living environment. Um, so yeah, routine and uh, normalcy is what's driving me right now. Yeah, we feel your pain with that. We know that y'all are dealing with a lot of uh, stuff going on after Hurricane Ida and uh, Homa Thibodeau area. We've certainly just went through that twice uh, last year with our own hurricane. So we definitely feel the pain and we know how that is. Uh, I evacuated to Baton Rouge, was in Baton Rouge for a few weeks and then Lafayette with small children. So I know exactly where you're coming from, from that aspect. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to tell you guys that, um, you know, we are, we have given away over $25,000 in this last week to four different organizations in the Hurricane Ida relief efforts. And I'm in the process of teaming up with Father Mitch Seymour uh, at St. Thomas Aquinas in Thibodeau. And we're going to be doing a big gas distribution probably in the southern parts of Terrebonne and, and Lafouche Parish next week that, you know, that is going to be coming from upside down. Just because I feel that, you know, the community has been so great to us. Um, and we need to give back at this time when there's so much devastation going on in the parish and, and so much suffering. So, um, and, and Bo, we've talked about, coming ahead. Uh, we mentioned the, you know, we've, we've mentioned the foundation upside downs many times. Uh, how could you tell our listeners perhaps where they can find you and find more information about the foundation to support, uh, your calls, your ministry and, and help help in this, uh, this movement. Sure. You can go to our website, www.upside-downs with an S.org. Um, but for more up-to-date info right now, just because of tech, the internet usage and all, um, the best bet is to find us on Facebook. It's just Upside Downs. Um, and we keep up-to-date 
things and events and what's going on on Facebook. That's really given us an opportunity to reach so many people um, on that platform. Well, that's awesome, man. We, uh, we really thank you for coming on today and, again, being open, vulnerable with us and, and sharing the story. I think it's been very inspiring. Thanks, Absolutely. Guys. Enjoyed it. Yep. It was tough, but I held back a lot of those questions that from the people <laughs> we know in common. We'll have to, I'll have to call you after and, and tell you what I've been learning about you. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. All right, Bo. Well, we appreciate it. And uh, to all those listening, we appreciate y'all tuning in to us. And if you get a chance to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, we'd appreciate it. And until next time, we'll catch y'all later. Aye. Hey, y'all. If you've been enjoying picking up what we've been laying down, subscribe and never miss an episode. Find us on social media and let us know who's driving your car this week. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Who's Driving Your Car Podcast. Perfect timing, sun is shining, nothing more I need. Yeah. If you feel like this your best life, won't you sing with me?